Welcome to your bariatric safe space. I'm your host, Brittany with love, and I'm excited to unravel the old and celebrate the new. Let's do it. Hey y'all. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. I am super, super excited for um, what this season has done so far, the amount of messages that I've gotten about um, listeners that have been moved, inspired, or felt led to you know, go to their doctor and ask more questions. Thank y'all so much. Um, I am very, very overly grateful for this experience. Um, from the surgery to having an awesome community like you guys, I am grateful. Thank you. Um, but I'm going to jump into today's topic. Um, and today we are talking about my personal post-op truth, um, and my, my raw reality. Um, so if you guys are into social media and looking at stories, I say that because I am not, I barely look at people's stories. Um, there's like a handful of people that I actually stop and look at, but I am not a social media person. Um, although my quote unquote career and, and job profession at the, at this moment is in social media, um, as far as being a content creator and brand influencer, social media is really not my thing. Um, but anyways, I posted, um, I, I tend to post a lot on my stories about my day-to-day emotions and my day-to-day activity rather than utilizing the actual Instagram posting space. Um, and in my stories for the past few weeks, I have been being honest about where I am emotionally. Um, and these past few weeks, maybe about a month now, have been really rough. Um, not only mentally has it been rough, but it has been very difficult to bounce back. Um, so I am not somebody who really talks about or um, even invites conversations about belief um, in the form of religion or uh, spirituality simply because um, I am not an evangelist. I am never going to try to convince somebody that my way or my beliefs are better um, or more satisfying than anyone else's. And I'm just not with that. No shade to anybody that is. That's just not me. Um, and I say all that to say um, with the the personal development and all of the, you know, spiritual practices that I have been doing, you would think that I would be able to bounce back um, because of all of the things that, you know, I practice in order to stay centered, um, to ground myself and things of that sort. Um, You would think that, you know, this whole 180 shift that has happened would make me snap back into, you know, my deprogrammed mindset and really just keep it moving. And I have not, I I just, y'all, it hasn't been giving. It has not been giving. It's time to move on. It has not been giving. There's a point to all of this. Like it, I just haven't been, life has been lifing. Let's just call a thing a thing. Life has been lifing. Um, from finances to my daughter being sick. Um, I, I think in this past month and a half, she's been sick most of that month and a half outside of um, maybe a few days or a week. And what's wild is she's been sick because of other kids. So she just started daycare um, preschool not too long ago. And she's not even getting sick from, you know, the kids at school. Like she's getting sick from like family kids. And it's just wild to me because you know, I I would expect her to be sick from school. Now she did pick up a a cold, but it's just, it's like, why? Like, why do kids just get prone to germs? Um, But with her being sick and then just everything, like it just seems like things just keep piling up. Um, It's, 
it's like, I can't even put it into words. My son had a rough, you know, few weeks um, at school. Actually, it's been a few months. Like his behavior, he's an extremely smart kid, but his behavior from Thanksgiving break up until a week ago has been out of pocket so much so that we had to have a parent-teacher conference. Like parent life has been rough. And the, and I can honestly say this, the only thing that has been just bliss for me is my marriage. Like my marriage is incredible. Um, and I'm not saying that we don't have moments, but nine times out of 10, my marriage is A1. Um, my relationship with my husband is very solid. Um, and I am so grateful for that because I don't know where I would be in a moment of this level of lowness and not have that supportive partner next to me. Um, he's literally my best friend and we have our own platform that you guys are more than welcome to go and learn more about. Um, this is my baby. This is my thing. <laughs> so I'm, I, you know, I like to keep it a little separate, but I can honestly say through all of the chaos and craziness going on in my life, um, my husband has been my peace. He has been my center. He has literally been my rock, uh, my coach, my teacher. So many roles he's played in my life over the almost 20 years that we've known each other. Um, but anyways, yeah, everything has been hitting like all types of triggers. And I even found myself not not necessarily going back on my eating habits, but truly just not caring. Like I don't mind you know, that I have moments where I'm like, okay, I really want to taste that. And even though I don't need it, um, even though I'm not really craving it, I just want to taste it just because I haven't had it in a while. And sometimes it'll be like a piece of fried fish, or it'll be just a bite of my husband's, you know, burger. Um, there some, some things that I, I typically wouldn't eat. Um, but I just, you know, wanted to taste it. And I realized that the taste became uh, no, I'm going to eat the whole thing. And that just don't sit well with me. Um, if you've been around since my first, the first season of this uh, podcast, you know that I'm extremely strict when it comes to eating. I do not bend um, on certain things. And it's not because I feel like I have to be stuck in diet culture. However, um, I'm just a strict eater by nature. Um, I've been a vegan vegetarian, raw vegan before. Um, and those things really, it never became, it, it never turned into a hindrance or a punishment or anything of the sort. Um, I actually like structure and, and, and it can be as rigid and as strict. Like I'm one of those people that will probably do well in the army. <laughs> Because I thoroughly enjoy rules. I thoroughly enjoy boundaries. I thoroughly enjoy having a system that doesn't change. It can be the same. I, I am a very systematic, literal person. Um, and don't get me wrong. My thinking now has changed post-surgery. So I'm more lenient um, in areas than I've ever been. And that's, that's something new for me. Outside of losing over 100 pounds, you know, my my thinking has changed. My mentality has changed and, and not just in a small way, but in a very significant way. It's deeper than just me gaining confidence. It's deeper than just me loving myself and learning how to, you know, embrace certain parts of myself that I didn't embrace before. Um, but this, but this level of thinking is very different because I look at life so differently. Um, I look at things that I tolerated before or were so strict on or so literal or so systematic and before I'm not that way now. And again, it's not because, you know, I'm trying to chase perfection or chase this idea of, you know, who her is, but I'm really in a space where 
You know, Brittany, you have worked really hard over this past year, and it's okay for you to experiment and go outside of your comfort zone to find if that's really your comfort zone or if that was a defense mechanism that you built in order, you know, to feel normal, even though you didn't feel normal in your larger body and in that headspace. And, you know, in this whole self-discovery, rediscovery, redefining point of my life post-op, it's been hard. Like it's really been mentally draining to want to show up every day. It's been mentally draining to want to be inspiring every day. It's been mentally draining to even want to parent sometimes. Um, Again, the only part of my life that seems to be the most peaceful is my marriage. And and I know for some people that's like, well, dang, you know, I wish that that was my problem. Like I wish my marriage was my peace, but please let me help you understand. Again, this is not my marriage platform. Um, Happily Ever Alfin is, but I will say that my marriage wasn't always this peaceful. I think that me and my husband constantly discuss how toxic our relationship was and how toxic our marriage was. Like we would literally be out with friends, arguing with each other, like break up arguing and then find a resolution or push the situation aside, come to some type of of whatever, somebody's waving a white flag situation and then proceed like we didn't just argue for the entire ride to the club or wherever we were going. Like we were that toxic. Um, we would literally be like dang near fist fighting um, in each other's faces and arguing and going back and forth. And then the next day be going out on a date. Like y'all, when I tell you the our story is so legit <laughs> and it's so deep. And, and I'm not saying that in a prideful way, but I'm just saying that you know, we've overcome a lot of hurdles to be at this level of peace. And I am not saying that in order for you to reach a level of peace, whether it's in marriage, relationships, just your personal life, your your health, your fitness life, your any part of your, any aspect of your life, career, any aspect. Um, I'm not encouraging that you go through hurdles. In fact, I am encouraging that you find yourself first before aligning yourself with anything, that job, that friendship, that career. Um, that partner, even being being a mom, you know, being a father, like those those big life decisions, especially weight loss surgery, you literally have to know yourself. You have to be sure about the next steps that you are going to take and the level of responsibility that you're going to have. Because when you enter into that space of, okay, I'm embracing this new level, this new thing, you have to have yourself anchored in something. And I rather you be anchored in yourself, meaning you are relying on your own self to be held accountable for your happiness, for your joy, for your success, for your, you know, everything rather than relying on people because people switch up. Like <laughs> me and my husband have been together for how many, what, 12 years now? And at any point he can switch up. At any point I can switch up. My needs can change. His needs can change. We can fall out. Of, well, I don't think we can fall out of love with each other, but we can fall out of wanting to do this together. You know, and that's just, that's any marriage. That's any relationship. That's any career. That's anything that we feel is so anchored. If it's not you, you will not switch up on you. You know yourself better than anybody. But when you put your anchor, you know, into something or somebody else that is not really committed to you, meaning they don't have any obligation to you because nobody has an obligation to you but you, um, you know, when you get to that part and you are anchored in yourself, every decision you make becomes different. It it hits 
different. It hits different when you're just relying on self rather than relying on spouse, rather than relying on child, rather than relying on career, you know? And I think that when it came to this part of my life and this part of my journey, I had to make a choice. I had to decide, yes, I want to go through the rest of whatever you know, I have to go through to keep my marriage, to keep my relationship, to grow my relationship, to grow my marriage. Yes, I want to go through with VSG surgery to become the best part of myself that I know I see that dead part of myself and I want to, you know, wake that side of me up and I want to be the best version of myself for me because I deserve for my husband because he definitely deserves for my kids, for my friends, for you know, everybody that listens to this podcast, for my community, like I deserve to show up and be that best version of myself. And if that means that I have to go through a very unfortunately scrutinized uh weight loss surgery in order to achieve that, then yes, I I vote yes for me. I vote yes for my growth. I vote yes for everything that I want to attain and acquire in this life. And it starts with you saying yes to you. It starts with you being anchored in you. And even through all of this, um, it's still been rough. (laughs) I'm not even going to hold you. Like even, even though I have found a level of peace in myself and my decisions and how I show up for myself, it still has been really rough. Um, because even with knowing all that stuff, even having that assurance, life still happens. Things still switch up. Uh, the environment is inconsistent. I mean, we don't even know the truth unless you are into stocks and investments. I mean, we really don't know, uh, what's going on with the economy right now financially like everybody's in a different space in their finances some people are thriving some people are struggling some people are suffering some people just gave up altogether um and you know with the the inconsistency in our food sources like there's just so much inconsistency going around um And I think that with everything that's going on around us, even if we're not tapped in by watching the news, it affects us. Um, The climate is affecting us. And I think that with that going on, of course, if you're into it, uh, even if you're not, Mercury retrograde is a thing. Um, And it'd be thanging. Um, It'd be thanging. And... (laughs) Sometimes it's, you know, favorable. Most times it is not, at least not. It has not been for me. Um, And I was just telling um, one of my friends, Ash, who I interviewed, I was like, girl, I just feel like retrograde just became our, our new normal because this is insane. Like, I just feel like everybody is going through something, whether they're voicing it, vocalizing it out loud or not is a different story. But I feel like everybody's going through something. Everybody is experiencing some kind of low. And there are those of us who are heavily into personal development and know how to combat those lows with highs, Um, whether that be through, you know, mental muscle memory, whether it be through meditation, um, prayer, going to church, um, sitting with yourself, like yoga. Uh, therapy with a you know a, a therapist, psychologist, psychiatrist, like whatever it is, I think people know how to combat um, those lows, but it still don't make it any less low. Like it's still a low, it's still a blow to the normal that you've set up, the peace that you've set up. And I think that for me, I've been sitting in that for a really long time because it's it's really I don't think that I've ever sat and just just sat with my feelings. I've been trying to attain this 
goal weight, this goal lifestyle that I've just never sat in some things. Um, and one of the things that I, I realized that I'd never sat in was grief. And grief is hard. Um, I am not the grieving person. Like if you're one of those people that's like, oh my gosh, I have to share this news that somebody died or my cat died. I am not the person to share it with. Um, I am the encouraging, the hype you up, um, you know, side man, woman person. I unfortunately um, do not have the compassion or the, I don't know if that's the word, but the, oh honey, let me sit and cry with you. I'm not that person. Um, if somebody told me that their dog died, like my uh, fitness instructor was just venting to me out of nowhere and she let me know that her cat died and I didn't know what to say. I was like, I'm sorry to hear that. Like, And it's not to be mean. I just don't, I have suppressed emotions so much that I just don't know how to show up um, in anything but joy and happiness. Um, and it's because of the fact that I never dealt with grief. I never allowed that to, that level of sadness, that level of lowness to take over me. Um, and my grandmother passed a few years ago. It's been about maybe two, three years. And um, it's, it, it never clicked for me that she wasn't here. I mean, I still have her number saved in my phone. Um, I still watch videos just to hear her voice. Um, I, I literally just replay moments with her um, in my head and, and I'm quick to pick up the phone and be like, oh, Nana. And I that's when it dawns on me, oh, well, she's on vacation or she's not here. You know, just denying the fact that she's just not here like like at all, like her spirit is or her body is not here. Um, and it kind of didn't set in until life started lifing because she was my anchor in so many ways. And I didn't realize that until, which is why I said again, you got to find an anchor in yourself. Um, but I realized that she was my my anchor and my source for peace. She was my example of peace. She was my example of a good wife. She was a, my example of an amazing mother. She was my example of a nurturer. She was, and I'm not saying my mom wasn't those things, but I had a different relationship with my grandmother and she became my source for everything. Um, when I needed advice, relationship advice, dealing with my mom, dealing with my dad, dealing with, you know, feeling lonely, anything, I went to my grandmother. And when life started lifing, I didn't have anybody to turn to outside of my husband, um, who is great. But, you know, if you're a wife or you're a girlfriend, you understand, like, I carry a burden and sometimes I just need a female perspective. <laughs> it's no shade to you, but you're only going to understand a certain amount. Um, and although my husband is very, very good with reading me and knowing when to ask questions, when to just listen, when to encourage, he he's... We've known each other for almost 20 years, guys. So he's really in tune with me in a way that a girlfriend would be um, because we were best friends first. Um, and having that time to get to know each other, he's known me. However, he's still not Nana. He's still not, you know, grandma. Like it's different when it's, you know, the grandparents or the parents like that. That relationship, that source is different. That level of advice is very different. And um, it hit me. The, literally the day of the Super Bowl and I came into the bathroom like I was in the middle of making dinner and I had to turn everything off and go in the bathroom and I just let out a cry that I had been holding in for years because I never grieved her and then everything came out like me being stressed out about finances you know me being stressed out about whether we are going to move to Houston or not or whether we're going to stay in Atlanta and try to build as much as we can and like just everything 
everything came out and it was just like god why me like i'm trying to go watch rihanna like you tripping why at this present moment would you decide that this would be the best time for me to start grieving this would be the best time for me sir cut it out like it's not the time today's rihanna's day and whoever else played and and you know that's what i was trying to focus on but my heart had other plans my path at that moment had other plans and when I sat in grief um, for that moment, it was it took me a long time. I mean, my husband, I fainted. I don't know if I, I think I've shared this on the podcast. I fainted like a few months ago. And since then, um, unfortunately, it has been a traumatic situation for uh, my kids and for my husband more so than anybody. Because when they saw me faint, um, I blacked out. Like I didn't just hit my head. No, I was like out. Um, and it kind of scared, you know, my kids, obviously, because they were like, mommy is dead. So my son is very, very in tune with his emotions. And, you know, my daughter is like, as as long as daddy's good and as long as everybody else is still decent, then I, I, my emotions are good. But the moment that the energy shifts, she shifts and she goes into panic mode. Um, but my son is very in tune with his emotions and very in tune with me. Um, and when he realized, okay, mom, mommy's like, like not like she's dead. Um, he kind of started to have a panic attack, but he switched into big brother mode, um, and tried to be less dramatic about it. Um, and I realized that when I, I woke up to that whole scenario happening of my son, like, okay, mommy's dead. Okay. Let me entertain my little sister. So she's not knowing what's going on. Um, and it was just, it was a lot going on, but I just woke up to my husband looking at me very frantically. And from then it's just been a very traumatic thing. Um, so all of that to say, I had to get all that out for you to understand. Um, when I was in the bathroom grieving my grandmother and crying, my husband was calling me to ask me, was I okay? But I was in the middle of my my cry, like my ugly cry. I couldn't respond. Um, so then he sent my son in here and he sent him in the room because I was in the bathroom and he sent him in the room and he was like, mom, are you, are you good? So they do this thing now where they check on me. So my daughter will stop what she's doing. And, and if I'm too quiet, she'll come in the room and say, mommy, are you okay? And I'm, I'm, I'm like, yeah, she's like, okay. And she'll go back. And my son will do the same thing. Mom, are you good? I'm like, yes, I'm fine. And then my husband, he gives me a time limit. If it's been more than five minutes and I, he doesn't hear any, any noise or anything coming from, <laughs> coming from where I am, he'll walk, babe, are you good? Are you okay? We even set up the, the Apple watch. Like I constantly have to have my Apple watch on because it, if I fall in any type of way, it will alert my husband. Like, it's so bad. It traumatized them that much, but they kept coming in the room and checking on me while I was, you know, having my moment. And it was just, I just couldn't shake it. I, I was in there for a really long, I mean, they checked on me three times. Like I was in there for at least 45 minutes and I just couldn't get it together. Um, but sitting in that grief really just, it pivoted a lot of things for me. Um, it really allowed me to see that I was holding things in that I didn't really realize I was holding in. And yeah, like it hit, um, it, it hit. And I started to heal a little bit from that. And then I hit another wall. 
and I'm at that wall now. And now I'm dealing with body dysmorphia creeping back up. I'm dealing with looking in the mirror um, and really not seeing what I see, what I've seen in pictures. Um, I'm looking at the scale more often. Um, I'm being conscious of my eating, but it's getting to the point now where it's like, okay, Brittany, you're, you're darn near starving yourself. Like we can't do that. Um, we can't just eat foods that are just chicken and vegetables and, and not eat anything else. Like we have to start incorporating real food so you can feel fuller, uh, cause you work out six days a week. Like you're overworking yourself, but under nourishing, like it's, it's just a lot of self-sabotage right now. And I know that that's not anything that someone wants to hear, um, especially who hasn't been in um, the post-op journey long or even at all. Like you're just starting. This is this is real. Like this is my raw reality right now. Um, it's, it's rough. It's rough um, to not want to turn to food. It's rough. It's really difficult to not want to pick up a donut and just self-sabotage with food or to overeat. It's difficult. Um, but I make a conscious effort to myself and say, Brittany, you've come too far. You can go low, <laughs> but we am, we're never going back that low. Like it got to the point where I, I've been having nightmares of gaining all of my weight back and then some. Like it's y'all, <laughs> this is not a joke. This is real life. Like it's been rough. It's, it's, it's been very, very a lot. <laughs> which is why it's been difficult trying to show up on social media and be inspiring. It's been really difficult trying to just show up in general. Um, you know, I've, I've really, I've really been trying to be as honest as I can. Um, and sometimes that, that level of vulnerability becomes, um, difficult because it's like, you know, I really don't want everybody to know I'm in a low place, but I have learned that when you choose this life of being an influencer, when you choose this life of putting your, your world out there in a public forum, um, you kind of owe it to people to show them all sides of you, not just the happy side, not just the, my marriage is good side, but sometimes they're more inspired by your truth, by your ability to say, you know what? I am struggling with this behind closed doors and I just need to get it out and share it with somebody because maybe there's someone else out there who's either in it and we can kind of like love company and help each other out of this or somebody who just got out of this or somebody who's experienced that many times and has the blueprint figured out on how to get themselves out or how to help me through. You know, it's the getting it out is what's been more important for me. And it's been really hard for me to show up on the podcast base and pretty much just spill out my truth because that would make it real. That would make me saying out loud that I have been self-sabotaging for weeks now um, and just mentally drowning. That would make it real. That would make it true. That would make it a fact. That would make it words and ink on paper. Um, and that means that I have to do more work. That means that I am not perfect. That means that I am, you know, not necessarily so far away from my goals, but there are still some loopholes that I need to work through with my goals. There are still some great areas that I didn't define um, during this journey. And it's real. Like <laughs> post-op is an interesting, very humbling moment. Um, it has been the most humbled that I have been during this journey. And yeah, it's been a lot. Um, but we're getting through it. We are getting through it because we've gotten through it before and you are strong. 
And I'm not saying strong as in you are not allowed to feel your feelings or that you can't have feelings. I, you're strong enough to endure whatever life throws at you and come out without the smell of smoke. That's what I mean by you're strong. Yes, you can overcome. You can sit and cry and throw a tantrum, suck your thumb, whatever you got to do. But please understand that you were built for this. You were built to withstand these obstacles and you were built to get through them. And sometimes you may have a little bit of smoke still on you. Sometimes you may have a little bit of residue of your situation, but you're at least you're not in it. <laughs> and that's just the moral of the story. At least you're not in it. So what? You got this surgery, but you're still struggling with food. You know, your relationship with food two years down the line or a few months down the line. Give yourself grace. It's okay. And I'm speaking to myself too. <laughs> Give yourself grace. Understand that you are not expected to be perfect. You are just expected to show up as much as you can for yourself. That's it. That's how you're expected to show up for yourself as best as you can, as much as you can, how you see fit. If showing up for yourself is, you know what? I am going to give myself a sugar-free cookie. You know what? I am going to take myself out on a spa date. You know what? I'm just going to go to the gym. You know what? Today, I'm just going to rest. However you need to show up for yourself in that moment that you need, show up for yourself. Extend grace. That is my TED Talk for today. But thank y'all so much um, for just listening to me vent. Um, I hope that you pulled out some type of encouragement or identified in some type of way. Um, I appreciate you so much for tuning in and I hope that you're weak. Oh my gosh, y'all know how much I hate the word hope. So sorry. Um, I am manifesting with you that this is going to be an amazing week because it's already been written that it has been and have an, uh, a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I hope you learned something, laughed a bit, and gained a level of peace in this new journey. Remember to extend grace to yourself. Until next time, friend.